Hey friends, it's me, Colleen Maloney, and you're listening to The Gift of Purpose. I believe you want to understand why you're here. Everyone has a purpose. You are on a journey of self-discovery, which will lead you to fulfilling your purpose. While on your journey, becoming the best me you were always meant to be, your best self. If that is you, welcome. Let's begin the gift of purpose. friends, it's me, Colleen Maloney. I will be sharing my secret part four. Sexual abuse is a very tender, sensitive subject. Yes, you think it stops after the sexual abuse. But I'm here to share with you and explain to you that there are after effects and shock effects. And what I mean by this is when an earthquake takes place, when it hits afterwards, you may have tremors And that's what happens with sexual abuse. There are after effects, such as overeating, fear, not trusting. I mean, there is many different levels and varieties of after effects and shock effects as well. There are different things that are going to shock you and that you're maybe not even aware of because if this happened to you and you are like me, I tried to bury my secret, believing, oh my goodness, believing somehow if I buried my secret, I would was protecting myself from my horrendous pain. Not understanding that the truth will set you free. That my truth would set me free. I was about... 25 years old slash 26. I was going to a family reunion. And I remember getting my two little girls ready, dressing them as cute as can be. And our family was just, you know, getting ready. I even remember I wore a green checked dress, sundress. Gingham checked. That's what I remember. 
And, you know, I fixed myself up. And there I am at the family reunion saying hi to people. And my youngest little girl, she was still in a stroller. She was able to sit up. And I remember I was pushing her over to a certain area. And I don't remember exactly why I was away from all the relatives, you know, probably just getting my little, my baby, my little girl, my, you know, situated. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I feel this body swooping me in and pressing me in to him. And this head nuzzles into me and says, my favorite cousin. I am in complete shock. Now, when I say he swoops me in, he is pushing me, he is pushing into me and swooping me up against him as if he were someone that I was close to, like my husband would do. And yet, it was that vile perpetrator, again, violating me and saying, my favorite cousin. And again, almost like we have this secret. Now imagine, I'm about 25 or 26, which makes him approximately 27 to, I don't know, 29 or 30 years old. Because I thought he was only two years older than me, but I'm thinking he possibly was even three years older than me. But anyway, to think, at a family reunion, this has happened to me. And I'm telling you, at that very moment, I wanted to turn around and slap him so hard in the face. Now I did quickly turn around. Now remember, he caught me off guard, totally unexpecting such a thing as this to happen to me. I swung around. I wanted to hit him. <laughs> I just, you know, he's violating me. Because of the past, because what he had done before to me, I wanted to scream at him. I finally wanted to stand up for myself. But guess what? I didn't do anything. I didn't want to draw attention of why I would be reacting in this manner to this perpetrator because it was still a secret and it still remained a secret. Now, at this point in my life, I wonder, was it life's way of having me finally stand up for myself? I'm not sure. I don't even know if I was ready to face the consequences of speaking out my truth at that very moment. Because remember, I only told my brother and sister. And then when I was, I think, a senior in high school, 
I shared with a girlfriend uh, some of what had happened to me. And even at that time, at that family reunion, I still, not gra- I still did not grasp the concept that he violently harmed me. And that was uh, after shock, being at that family reunion, all this stuff rising up in me. And yet trying to avoid any contact with him. And why? Why did he feel the need to come up to me and act in such an offensive manner? To me, reflecting back on that, says to me that he's still was sick. I wonder if that means he still didn't understand how horrible his behavior really was. That he never really took responsibility for his actions towards me when I'm 13 years old. Now, I would think that as he would matured, I was hoping that he would realize that that was totally, inexcusably wrong what he had done. And I still don't know to this day if he has ever really understood the damage and how he had harmed me on so many levels. And not only that, I wonder if I would have spoke out earlier, would I have prevented him from harming some other young person? I don't know. All At, at that time, all I could think of was protecting me, I didn't realize it could be something that was perpetuating in his life and that possibly he had harmed more than me. That's the sadness about sexual abuse as well. I mean, there's so many layers of sadness. It's all sad. But again, to think I'm just going to a family reunion to connect with my family and our relatives. And that happened. Yes, it happened within seconds, probably. But again, it was something so vile. And I knew that it was like, what are you doing? How dare you think you can come up to me and swoop me in an intimate way? How dare you? But yet again, I kept quiet. And I'm telling you, so many times in my life, I did not stand up for myself. I did not stand up for myself in my marriage. Yes, 
Yes, if I found out something that looked suspicious, yes, I confronted him, my spouse. But yet, I never really stood up for myself and left the marriage until many years later. And again, I, I believe it stems from sexual abuse. And it was all about protecting me. But I do have to tell you, I did forgive my cousin, my perpetrator. I did forgive him. And I'll tell you, what I realized is forgiving him, my perpetrator, who violently abused me sexually, is I was not excusing his behavior by forgiving him. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> what I realized is it was a gift to me because when I finally forgave, I released all the anger, the hate, the underlying things that were bubbling inside of me. I forgave. And it is a gift to yourself when you forgive. And it doesn't mean that you're going to forget. And it doesn't mean that I want to be around my perpetrator because I do not. Because guess what? It's a privilege and an honor to allow someone to enter into your life. And not everyone is worthy to come into your life and be a part of your life. It's something we have to learn to earn. And I value myself and I love myself. And God says, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, love God, love yourself, and then it bubbles over to love others. And when you and God become one, it's absolutely beautiful. It's a special relationship that each one of us, I pray, will develop and have to love God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. And also, I use my voice now. I don't keep the secret any longer. I am free. And this is what I realized in my marriage. As I was keeping a secret in my marriage as well. Yes, a little bit of tidbits came out to other people you know, problems, whatever. Yes. But what I realized, even in my marriage, that I thought I was trapped in, that I thought I was locked in a cage like a bird, what I realized is that door on the cage was never locked. That door on the cage, if I would have even attempted to try and open it, I would have realized I wasn't locked into fear. I wasn't, 
I did not have to be locked into fear. I did not have to be locked into the lies I was telling myself. That I wouldn't be able to make a living taking care of my daughters. All the different lies that I told myself. And even keeping my secret about sexual abuse. I suggest we do not keep secrets. Secrets are not good in any format. They are not good. And I wonder, (laughs) I really wonder that that day at the family reunion, if I would have turned and slapped his face or at least said, what do you think you're doing? How dare you? If I would have stood up for myself at that very moment, would I have changed the after effects? Would I have changed the aftershocks that were still perpetrating in my life? I wonder. I seriously wonder. I believe it would have changed. I think I would have changed. I think a piece of me would have changed. And then I have to share with you, years later, after I'm divorced, after I'm a single woman, a friend of mine, Betty, suggested that we go to this church in North Aurora and that they were just going to be having like a class, a Bible study class. And so I drove there not knowing how to get there and I'm horrible with directions, but finally I found it. And it was a very small intimate group. I think nine or 10 women women were in this group. And we had a young leader actually, I think she was in her 20s. And she was very kind and sweet and all the ladies were beautiful and wonderful women. And I don't know why I shared this about myself, but I opened up and shared that I was sexually abused at 13 years old. And the next thing, which is amazing, now we were in a circle at a table. And the next thing, after I opened up about my sexual abuse, nine other ladies shared that they were either raped or somehow sexually violated, molested. Now, imagine the leader was the only one that didn't share. Now, I don't know if she had nothing to share or if she just wasn't ready to share, but just imagine. Now, really, what are the chances What are the chances that all these women in the group were either raped or molested? And now I I ask you, (laughs) there isn't no, what are the chances? This was set up by God. And there are no coincidences. People like to think they're coincidences. That was not a coincidence. That was totally set up for these women to open up about their sexual abuse. 
because the truth will set you free. And like I shared in other episodes, that my heart is to help girls and women to love themselves, to embrace who God created each one of them to be, to celebrate their femininity, to celebrate that they are made in the image and likeness of God and they are beautiful, that you are beautiful. Your inner and outer beauty, you are beautiful. You are the apple of God's eye. You are his special beauty. He knew you before he placed you in your mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head. God cares about the details of your life. Every detail. God cares. Tremendously God cares. And I'm telling you, if you draw near to him, to Jesus, God will draw near to you. And one way you can draw near is to just go quiet and talk to him. Another way is reading the Bible or listening to um, spiritual Christian songs, gospel songs, you know, praising his name. If you never praised his name before, try it. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Above all names, I praise you. God, you are amazing. You are amazing, Lord God. And you know everything about me, Lord. You have a blueprint of my life. You are a master. And I am your masterpiece. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for listening to my prayer. And Lord, my prayer is that all, you know, women and girls will know that they are your masterpiece and that you are the potter and they are the clay and you are still molding them. You are molding each one of us to the day we die. And I pray that they will receive you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior and that they will be anointed with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And thank you, Lord, for giving me my voice to speak out against sexual abuse. And if you are listening and you need help, call this number, 1-800-656-HOPE, H-O-P-E, 1-800-656-HOPE, or RAIN, R-A-I-N-N, dot org. Look it up if you need more help. You're not alone. You're not alone. God bless you all. I love you. Have a beautiful, fulfilled day. Laugh. Enjoy this day. Love you.